from Florida to Ohio tonight because Ian is out. Norris Cole is in. Two-time back-to-back NBA champion for my Miami Heat and Norris. When they said Ian can't work on Thursday night, I told them, well, I only work with champions, and ESPN delivered. Here you are. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me. Glad to be here, Amber. <laughs> I'm excited about doing tonight's show, not just because I have decided to throw James Steele's rundown out the window and go full three hours wall-to-wall Miami Heat talk since you are here. So, uh, James, buckle up, buddy, because yes, we're yes. going to talk about the Miami Heat on Heat Nation show. is in the building. <laughs> I... Uh... I can, should I just leave now? You're I don't just know. gonna quit. I'm, I'm just right gonna here. go. This I might is the just end go of home. your ESPN career. I'm gonna take a nap. <laughs> All right, fine, fine. We won't start there. Actually, where I want to start though is not even in the world of sports. I want to start with James. And James tonight, I wasn't even sure he was gonna make it here. Our producer James Steele on time for the show, Norris, because James apparently his kids had a trick-or-treating thing that he had to take them to with their school tonight. So he, he managed to make it to work on time. So big ups to him for being able to play dad and also play professional at the same time. Never an oh, easy thing you. to juggle. Thank you. Everyone. Big ups to being a great Wait, father. your kids, it's like, it's October 26th. Like, it's not even the 28th. It's not the 30th. Like, it is October 26th. And to make matters worse, Cole Kublik, who normally joins us on our show every week to talk college football, he wasn't able to join us last night when it was me and Ian on air because he, too, had something that he had to take his kid to for Halloween, Norris. And I feel like October 25th and 26th is entirely hmm. too soon to be celebrating Halloween. I think I agree. Um, we got some time before trick-or-treat. Trick-or-treat is a long way away. Uh but as a father, you don't have to decide that. If if your babies come and say, Daddy, they having something at school, then, hey, you got to play the role. So I'm not going to blame them. But these schools and organizations, y'all got to know, um, there's some time before the jack-o'-lanterns got to come out. So there's several, we do, there's like several trick-or-treats now. Wow. Like we, we, did a, oh. we did like a trunk-or-treat uh, at their dance class. Oh, you already did that? Yeah, update me, please. Update me, because I'm, I'm totally Saturday? behind. Yeah, Saturday, Like a week yeah. and a half earlier, you're doing trunk-or-treat? Yeah, there was a trunk-or-treat on Saturday. Well, uh, like trick-or-treat up here is always on the 31st. No matter what day it is, it's on the 31st that evening. So everyone, like, you know, the, the things that they do, their extracurriculars, they like to try to do something also for the kids for Halloween so they can dress up and all that. And I, I mean, they get to use their costumes more than once. So I guess that, cause you spend a, you know, um, dollars <laughs> on these costumes now. Well, if you're to only be a getting Ninja away Turtle and, you know, and whatever a Barbie this year, uh, if you're only getting away with them wearing the same one over and over again, then I feel like you're doing pretty, well, the thing, pretty the, well. The thing right. though is they have enough now and they still kind of fit into some of them where we're like doing, we're doing like, costume changes like we're in a, the academy awards i don't know but, i have a uh, question though what is, what does the dental bill look like if you're starting to eat candy and have these events well, weeks and weeks in advance of the 31st what is the dental bill like uh during the month of october um yeah i don't know i, I let my wife take care of that part i just i get them the candy and then the aftermath is lisa's job extra That's toothpaste why- 
that's well, that's why James came to work on time because he was like, and now they're your problem. They're all hopped up on candy, and here you go, wife. Now I am going to work. So it works out pretty nicely. Good job, James. For James, also works out pretty nicely for us to have Norris Cole filling in for Ian tonight here on Amber and Ian. You can be a part of Amber and Ian Nation on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Call us, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. So it is... Don't, uh, just, and don't get it twisted. I'm stealing some of that candy. So don't, don't worry, Mike. <laughs> okay, They're not okay. eating all of it. I'm, I'm taking some of it. So My kid hardly eats any of it. I throw away so much candy. It just sits there for a couple months, and then I end up throwing it away because he, he's really not into sweets. But he mm, likes going and getting why. all the candy. It doesn't work out very well for my waistline, never, nevertheless. All right, so <laughs> let's talk about football, though, because we actually have some NFL action tonight. Bucks-Bills is your Thursday night action. Kickoff in that game is at 8.15 p.m. Eastern, so just over an hour from now. We will keep you updated on all of the action in that game as we roll on here on Amber and Ian. But let's talk about this matchup because, Norris, this is two teams that have dropped three games each. That's not surprising for the Bucs. They had tempered expectations. In fact, I think sitting at 500 for the Bucs right now, most Bucs fans feel pretty good about because that fall off going from Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield, nobody really had any expectations for that Tampa Bay team. On the flip side, though, the Bills, monster expectations. Everybody always calls them Super Bowl contenders year in and year out for them to have also dropped three. That's surprising in the reverse way. Absolutely, that's surprising. It's a tale of two different expectations for teams. And I believe tonight the Buffalo Bills are coming in to make a statement that their season is not over with um, and that Josh Allen, you know, he's still, you know, an elite quarterback and and he can lead a team. And that defense, you know, they're, they're, they're going through some injuries, but they have to show some fortitude and they have to show that, you know, in order for this season to continue to be worth it, they have to win some of these games. And I think tonight is a great opportunity. They're coming off of a tough loss um, to the Patriots. And so I think tonight they'll be able to show what they have. And the Bucks, on the other hand, they're right, you know, right where they probably need to be. And, um, you know, Baker is doing what he can to keep them afloat. But I don't think anyone down there is going to say, uh, oh, this is a failure. If, you know, if they lost tonight, you know, they'll have other opportunities because the, the NFC South is not that strong of a division. So they'll still have a chance to win their division. It can't be a failure if you lose to the Buffalo Bills, right? Because they're a very good team. And you have uh, to depends. Feel- uh, 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 it depends, Amber, who they are. Well, I've, I, okay. I guess I'm speaking, there's a little bias here as a Dolphins fan. But, you know, <laughs> I saw the Dolphins, my Dolphins, lose to the Bills and lose to the Eagles. And I thought, although everyone's freaking out and people are trying to jump off the ship there for the Dolphins. I feel like it's a bit of an overreaction because aren't you supposed to, if you're going to lose, lose to the best teams in the NFL and the bills still can be in the conversation for one of the better teams in the NFL. Now they have suffered some significant injuries. I think that that has everything to do with why they have faltered here early in this season. uh, Tredavious white, Matt Milano, Daquan Jones, that defense has not looked the same since losing those three starters. And, they made that New England Patriots offense look competent, which 
been a little hard to that's do a, for most that's people. That's a stretch. Like, that's a big stretch. It looked competent uh, against the Bills. They didn't first force a turnover in that game. They gave up 20 first downs against the Giants the week before. They saw the Jags throw 278 yards and run for 196 on them in London. It has been that defense that has been the problem for Buffalo to me, but there's also, again, reasons for that. When you can point to their key guys and they're down them, if you're a Bills fan, it's unfortunate because the injuries are piling up for that team, but it's not as if they've been functioning at full capacity and still underperforming. Well, that's why you have difference makers at the quarterback position to overcome all of those things. Patrick Mahomes has had to deal with that before. Lamar Jackson has had to deal with that before. Burrow has had to deal with that before. Jalen Hurts, to a lesser degree, has had to deal with some injuries before. So that's why Josh Allen is there. And all of those games, even though they gave up those, you know, passing yards and rushing yards, they still had chances to win those games if Josh Allen protects the ball, if he converts third down, if they keep him out of second and long and third and long and keep him, you know, at second and third and manageable. You know, if, if they can just score a touchdown, one or two touchdowns in the first half and not have to play from come behind all the time, uh, I think even with the, the injuries on defense, they can still win. So, yes, they are missing some guys on defense, but that's why you that's why you pay those quarterbacks, the, the big bucks, to overcome that. And I think Josh Allen has to get back to to that, you know, MVP type of form, you know, to, to lead them despite the injuries. Josh Allen's still Josh Allen. But surprisingly, Baker Mayfield has looked like good time Cleveland Baker Mayfield. Not bad (laughs) time Cleveland Baker Mayfield, right? Not Panthers Baker Mayfield. He's looked more like L.A. at the end there when nobody was watching the Rams, but he looked pretty good at the end of the season. That Baker Mayfield, he's had a bit of a resurgence here. He's looked competent. The falloff, if you pull the advanced stats between him and Tom Brady, it's weird to say the falloff actually has not been that significant from an offensive perspective from that position. The problem for the Bucs this season is they can't run the ball worth a darn. So that's going to be the key for them moving forward. It's not going to be Baker. He's been doing just fine for that Tampa Bay Bucks team. It's they have to find a running game. That O-line has been exceptional, keeping the pocket clean for Baker Mayfield, and yet they're still, with that O-line, still not able to get the running game going in Tampa. They got to do a better job of that. But I think tonight will end up being the Bills game. We'll see how this one unfolds. Again, 8-15 between the Bucks and the Bills. We will keep you updated on that score all the way throughout. Amber and Ian Norris, Cole filling in for Ian tonight. Coming up next here. We're going to transition to the NBA, something that Norris knows a little thing about. Uh, Gilbert Arenas, he said some things this morning on ESPN Radio that, uh, well, I feel like he targeted me and said them just to make me angry, even though I'm pretty sure Gilbert Arenas has no idea who the heck I am. Maybe he will after this next segment. That's next. He will today. He will tonight. (laughs) He will today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Amber and Ian is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Norris Cole filling in for Ian tonight. Back-to-back two-time NBA champ Norris Cole filling in for Ian tonight. I feel like I got to say that every time. Absolutely. Champ talk, baby. Champ talk. (laughs) He's there in the Zoom with the trophies behind him. This man just has the hardware ready to go. You know, I thought my background was cool for a moment and all, but then, then I saw Norris Cole's. I can't really compete with that. Those are the twins, Larry and Larry Jr. (laughs) I like that. Oh, Larry and Larry Jr. Uh, They look good on you. Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. You can hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call in line to join the conversation. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Gilbert Arenas, the three-time NBA All-Star, was on our morning show here on Sportsmanlike, 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday on ESPN Radio. And he said some things to make me angry. And I don't know if he was targeting me directly, but <laughs> Gilbert, you did your job because now I'm angry and now you're going to get a segment here on Amber and Ian. Let's start with what he said about Damian Lillard and where he is now with the Milwaukee Bucks, calling it a better spot than if Dame had ended up in Miami. Magic, to be honest. (laughs) Like, you know, when you're talking about, when you're talking about the ideal two positions being taken care of, you know, your guard and your big man, um, that was the pinnacle of of winning until Michael Jordan came in. You know, that's what, you know, Shaq and Kobe, a guard, inside-outside game, and that's what those two have with amazing pieces around it, which is going to make it hard to really, like, game plan for a starting five like that. I don't know why his destination was Miami, but sometimes what you want <laughs> is not what you really want because this is 20 times, 100 times better than if he went to Miami. 100 times better? <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I, first of all, I, I feel Keep like it we calm, do. Amber. Keep it calm on this one. Try I to. feel like we kind of do know why his destination was Miami, because not only would it have been a, a good fit, fine, from a basketball perspective, and also, you know, the team that was just in the NBA Finals, the team that's been there twice in the last four years, the team that feels like it is a piece away from actually winning that thing, right? So there's that, a place right. to win a championship, and then it's also Miami. So <laughs> uh, living in Miami, you know a thing you know, or two no about that, tax. Norris. There's right, no state tax. It's a pretty Sunshine. nice spot. The weather appeals to a lot of people. It's a fun place to be for however long you're there. And at this point in Damian Lillard's career, probably factored into the equation. Absolutely. But let's, let's just talk about from a basketball standpoint. The Miami Heat organization has been – other than the Golden State Warriors this past decade, has been like one of the most successful franchises when it comes to playoff wins and finals appearances. Only Golden State has more. And so from a basketball standpoint, being able to play with a Jimmy Butler and a Bam out of Bayou, 
Bam is a young big in the league. He's entering to his prime. Obviously, Jimmy is in his prime right now. I believe that that fit would have been perfect with, you know, shooters. Miami Heat has never had a problem finding shooters. So even if they had to trade some away, they, they never have a problem finding shooters. But when you talk about winning culture, winning attitude, big game performances, I believe from a basketball standpoint alone, playing, you know, a Hall of Fame coach in Spo, who's one of the best in the business, if not the best in the business, it makes all the sense in the world to want to come. Not saying that Milwaukee is not, because Milwaukee is special too. Playing with Giannis, who, who I believe is the best player in the game today, that makes a lot of sense too. But to say, you know, 20, 30, 50, 100 times better than Miami, that's just not the case, Gil. I had to, I had to disagree with you, OG, on that one. Yeah, it's not like they didn't give up any pieces at all for him. Now, I think it was a hell of a trade for Milwaukee, but defensively, they are worse than when Drew Holiday was there, right? Damian doesn't provide Absolutely. that for the Bucks, So it's not as if the Bucks are completely flawless in this equation. Also, the Heat, what would they have given up? Probably Tyler Hero in that deal. Some picks, right? They weren't mm-hmm. going to give up Bam in that deal. Jimmy would have been there. And again, we were talking about the team that was just in the NBA Finals. I saw Milwaukee, by the way, get bounced by that team in five, much earlier in the postseason than we saw the Miami <laughs> Blaine. Okay. So that also could factor in here, Gilbert, oh, a little bit. Okay. You keeping all receipts, Amber. You keeping all receipts. I see it. a <laughs> hundred times better. I do think it's a very good fit. I think one of the things that happened here is that Damian Lillard might not have even been really considering Milwaukee as an option because Milwaukee didn't seem like much of an option, frankly, to any of us. Were they going to want to make that big blockbuster sort of trade and make this sort of move and have to pay him what they're paying him, a 33-year-old player giving up the pieces? They are in a win-now proposition. It made all the sense. Ends up being an excellent move for Milwaukee because also Giannis's extension, which he rewards them with signing. Mm -hmm. And he he didn't have to sign that. He definitely didn't have to sign that. And, Ain't no way he was signing that Norris if they hadn't made that trade. So that's the big win. I mean, this may not even result in a championship for them, but that's the big win, I would say, right there. Absolutely. I, I think this is definitely going to result in a championship for them. Maybe not this year, but I think in the next, you know, two to three years, I definitely think Milwaukee will bring a championship home. But during that time, you know, losing Drew Holiday is a big piece. Big, big and piece. You're going to need some defense when you're talking about playing against Boston. When yes. you talk about playing against, you know, maybe the Sixers, when you talk about playing against the Heat, and if they're fortunate to get through all of that, you know out west you got to have some defense to play against Denver or to play against um, Phoenix. Right. Or to play against maybe, you know, Golden State if they have a resurgence or the Kings. Like, you're going to have to have some sort of defense in order to slow those teams down. You, you, can't, you can't score just with – Giannis and Dame and think you're going to beat the Denver Nuggets. You got to come, you know, you got to come harder than that. So we'll see what happens. You know, we'll see what happens. You know, obviously we, you know, in Spo we trust, you know, in Pat we trust down in Miami. Um, but Greek Freak is different. Playing with him, having Dame is going to make Dame's life a lot easier. But I think Dame coming to Miami would have made Jimmy Butler and Ben Adebayo's life so much easier. And Dame's life easier, too. I mean, it would have been better for Dame than what he 
had in Portland, right? I mean, he, he certainly wouldn't have been still in a position to win a championship. He now finds himself in a position to win a championship. So yes, they ended up trading him to a contender. They didn't trade him where he wanted to go or where he wanted to live, but they did trade him to a contender. Gilbert Arenas, he went on to say some other stuff about my Miami Heat. Here again <laughs> is Arenas on Unsportsmanlike. <laughs> The same thing that they did last year, just without the uh, miracle playoff run. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting eighth place at best. Let's just be honest. What they did with that team was a miracle, right? You know, when you look at the roster out of 15 players, I think seven was undrafted, which is technically in NBA terms, probably the worst team put together when it comes to what's on the team. Um, Pat Riley and the Heat culture did – an amazing job maximizing the talent that they had. And, you know, it's the Cinderella story. At the end of the day, in the big picture, I don't see how they make the playoffs. I really personally would be surprised. Okay, well, first of all, if they're the eighth seed, they're making the playoffs, Gilbert. Also, that was the same seed that they had last season when they made the NBA Finals. So even if we came in eighth <laughs> in the conference, I'd feel pretty okay about that. We know that they're not going to be a top seed coming off of the regular season. But Norris, to say that that team that was just in the NBA Finals, and again, was also in the NBA Finals a couple years before that. Like that team, it's a miracle to find themselves back with that coaching staff. Yeah, I think he's kind of I, – I get I get normal common sense what he's saying, but he's never really been a part of the culture. He, he's watched it. But when you – you know, you live, in, you live in South Florida. You've been a part of it. I've been a part of it. So when, you, when you're in that building and you're working as hard as they're working, we always know the way things look at the beginning and the middle of the season is not how they're going to look at the end. It's the marathon, and we understand that in South Florida. I appreciate you including me in part of the culture, you know, because absolutely, I mean, I absolutely. did, I did host a radio show down there in Miami, James, for many years. It counts. Listen, Help. it's called Heat <laughs> Nation. We, we understand the citizenship of the whole nation. Yeah, James, it's culture. Please stop. You wouldn't please, understand. Please stop encouraging this behavior, it's, of course. <laughs> it's, it's Miami Heat culture. You wouldn't understand. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian with Norris Cole filling in for Ian tonight. Plenty more Miami Heat culture. Plus, we'll talk about other sports. Amber and Ian is on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Our Thursday night matchup tonight. We've got the Bucks at the Bills, an 8.15 p.m. kickoff when that game kicks. We will keep you updated on all of the action here on Amber and Ian throughout. But let's talk about this matchup in depth. For that, we turn to Mike Tannebaum, ESPN NFL front office insider. And Tannebaum, as always, thanks so much for joining us. Both of these teams, they've dropped three. Maybe not surprising for the Bucks, but a lot of – surprising for the bills what do you make of the bills so far this season mike yeah i think they've been absolutely devastated by uh defensive injuries starting up front with daquan jones and ed oliver matt milano at linebacker and then tredavious white who's a great corner uh, all being injured i think that's really hurt this team and you know this great buffalo bill um defense just isn't the same How's it going, Mike? You just mentioned the injuries. Is there a move that you believe that they can make at the deadline that can maybe help some of their uh, deficiencies that they're having? You know, Leonard Williams of the Giants, to me, makes sense. You know, he's a bigger guy, been slightly disappointed since he was acquired from the Jets. And, um, 
you know, when you just think about what they could do relative to um, shoring up the middle of their defense, I think Leonard Williams is the one name that makes a lot of sense. Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider, joining us here on Amber and Ian. So, Mike, I don't think you've been very high on Baker uh, throughout his career, but he's doing solid work so far in Tampa. I mean, surprisingly effective, thanks in large part to that O-line as well. But what have you thought about how Baker's looked as a Tampa Bay Buck so far? I would say efficient, you know, not dynamic, but certainly efficient and um you know, credit Todd Bowles and, you know, Tampa Bay for sort of like finding a guy that, you know, fits their system and fits what they want to be. And, you know, look, Rashid White, Keyshawn Vaughn, like their running game is not dynamic, but they're making enough plays on that side of the ball where, um, you know, they're they're playing good football. They're, they're a team no one's going to want to play. I think they're going to give Buffalo all they can handle. You know, Coach Bowles does a great job with, you know, that blitz package. So, um this is, you know, I think Tampa Bay is going to turn into one of these teams, guys, where, you know, they may not have the highest feeling of anybody, but, boy, I don't think anyone's going to really want to play them. Speaking of that, we all know the NFC South, Coach. It's not always the strongest, but this year, you know, it's kind of up for grabs, you know, who can make the playoffs in the NFC and who could be a strong contender. Do you believe that the Bucks, you know, could be a team that can make some noise this year in the playoffs in the NFC? I don't know if they can make noise, but they could certainly win that division. I think that division is totally up for grabs. And um, I think, you know, be it Tampa Bay, Carolina, um, Atlanta, I'm not as, you know, sold on just given what's going on with Desmond Ritter's inconsistency. But I certainly think that division is certainly up for grabs. Tana Baum joining us here on Amber and Ian Norris Cole filling in for Ian tonight. It's been, what, like three minutes into this interview or whatever we are here, Mike, and we haven't mentioned the Dallas Cowboys yet, so let's go ahead and do it so the <laughs> alarms don't sound here at ESPN. Jerry Jones said that he's willing to make a deal at the deadline, but that he's not going to make the first move, that he's not going to make the first phone call. How weird is that from an NFL front office perspective? Yeah, Will Clay's going to make the phone call, so he, he's certainly uh, giving himself – you know, plausible deniability, but um, look, they should be active. They got a really good football team. Um, you know, we may not like Jerry's style. You know, it's certainly not for everybody, but they have a good team. They have a chance this year, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how they handle the next few days. Because I do think, be it Derrick Henry or certainly Devontae Adams, there's a couple players out there that could make them better. Speaking of the Cowboys, you mentioned possibly you know Derrick Henry. I believe defense, you know, the middle of their defense, the middle, the defensive tackles, the linebackers, the safety, they could use some upgrade. But is there a deal out there that Jerry could possibly make, you know, to put the Cowboys over the top? Yeah, I think, again, it would be on the offensive side of the ball. I think it's Devontae Adams or it's maybe Derrick Henry. You know, defensively, I think what they would need would be really hard to get because I, I think a team like um, the Charge, uh, excuse me, the Broncos could uh, – you know, with Patrick Sertan, but mm -hmm. um, I just don't see them, you know, trading Patrick Sertan at this point. Mike Tannebaum joining us. Let's talk about Deshaun Watson and this injury that's plaguing him, but certainly there has been some weirdness around this injury and his availability. He's not going to be available again this weekend. What do you make of what's happening with Deshaun Watson? I actually think that's like the right word here. You know, we talked about it before, like, it is weird. He hasn't played good football in a long time and, you know, going on a number of years. And um, I think it's weird. I think it's really weird to be candid. Um, this is a guy that, 
let's face it, they got three more years at fully guaranteed money, 24, 25, and 26. And, um, yeah, I think it's really weird what's going on. So um, I'm, I'm surprised that it's not been more of a national story. And he needs to go play, and he was cleared to play last week, and he, he didn't play for whatever reason. And, uh, yeah, I think it's weird. I think that's the right word for it. Mike, this is what I believe is weird. We're going to switch gears a little bit. I'm a Lamar Jackson fan. Uh, I believe that the, the Ravens are true contenders, in my opinion. I believe, other than Patrick Mahomes, I don't believe there's a quarterback out there that could do the things that Lamar Jackson can do. So are the Ravens the clear-cut best team in the AFC North right now? Um, I don't know about that. I think Cincinnati will be there when it's all said and done. So, um, you know, I, I was there. I did the game last week on ESPN Radio. I thought... They look, obviously, tremendous, but um, they'll be there. But I think Cincinnati will be there, too, at the end. Okay. Tannenbaum on with us. Norris Colfin and filling in for Ian tonight here on Amber and Ian. Uh, Mike, I, I wasn't freaking out after what happened to my Dolphins against <coughs> the Eagles. I actually felt worse after the Bills lost than I did, frankly, against what happened with, in Philadelphia on Sunday night. Are people overreacting to this loss, or am I wrong? Well, look, I think they're still a really good team. You know, getting Xavier and Howard back and eventually Jalen Ramsey, that's certainly going to help. Um, you know, Isaiah Wynn going down, obviously that's another injury to be concerned of. And, look, it's a long year. You know, a couple of weeks ago Miami was the best team. Then it was Detroit. You know, now we're talking about Baltimore. Um, we got a long, long way to go. Lots going to happen. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how this plays out. Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider. Now, if you were in that front office and you heard what Michael Parsons said, speaking of the Eagles, he says that they're the best team in the NFL right now. Specifically, he said they don't have any weaknesses. One, do you agree with that? And two, would you have a problem with your best player in your team saying that? Well, you know, Micah has a big platform, so he's going to say things. And Philadelphia is a very complete team. I think he's being, you know, respectful of a division rival, and, you know, I think that's okay. Um, but Mike has done a good job of letting his play do the talking. He has let his play do the talking. He has also let himself do the talking because uh, that Micah Parsons <laughs> podcast <Yes>. continues <laughs> to grow because of comments like that. Mike oh, Tannebaum, he continues to grow around here as well. ESPN NFL front office insider. Thanks, Tannebaum. Appreciate it, Mike. Thank you. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Norris Cole filling in for Ian tonight. So you were talking about the Eagles with Tana Baum, and we all agree that the Eagles are one of the best teams in the NFL, right? You and I were talking about the Bills earlier, and if they work out some of those kinks, if they get healthier, particularly defensively, they'll be in that conversation probably. I know you're Baltimore Ravens. I could tell by the way you asked Tana Baum that question that that is your, that is your guy, Lamar, right? And you're very high on the Ravens. I would imagine that Norris Cole thinks the Ravens are one of the very best teams in the NFL. Yes, if I have to be unbiased and I have to, you know, I would say they're the best team today in the NFL. I think they should be number one in all the power rankings. I think, you know, they have the most dynamic quarterback in the league. They have a great defense. Um, They have playmakers. They have running game, tight ends, receivers, linebackers, you know, rushers, you know, they rush the quarterback as good as anyone in the NFL. 
and they have a, a, a good coach. So uh, right now I would say they should be number one, you know, and obviously the Chiefs are starting to come along. And, you know, if I had to pick who I trusted more, obviously it would be them, the Chiefs because they've done it. But sitting here today, I think the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson, they should be atop the power rankings right now. For me, it's the Chiefs until somebody topples them, right? Until somebody proves otherwise, it's the Chiefs. I don't even need to have the conversation about them because of what I've seen them do. I also think the Ravens are fair to be part of that conversation. They obviously are coming off of a monster win over the Lions. A lot of people have been very, very high on the Lions this season. I'm one who tends to not be quite so high on the Lions, but at the same time, it was still a very, very good, impressive win by Baltimore. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Lamar Jackson and those offensive weapons are settling into that Todd Munkin offense. And it's not going to just come out guns blazing right out of the gate. But here we are a little bit more than halfway through the season, and it looks pretty darn good. And it looked confusing against the Steelers. That wasn't the best loss, right, against the Browns. They've had a couple stumbles here early in the season. Nevertheless, it feels like at this point – they're cooking, they're running on all cylinders, and they're mm-hmm. going as they should be going. I agree with you. I think that they're that they're one of the best teams. For me, the 49ers are still part of that conversation, even though they're coming off of a couple ugly losses. There's a lot of parity right now in the NFL, though. When you're trying to determine best teams, there ain't many teams you're throwing into that conversation. Absolutely. There's few teams that's throwing that conversation, but those two losses are against two elite defenses that the Baltimore Ravens had. The Browns had the top defense in the league, you know, week every other week is like Baltimore Browns top defense. Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously Pittsburgh, that's all they have right now is a great defense led by T J Watt, who's one of the best in the league. So those are not terrible losses. And then the Niners, the Niners you can't argue with them either. Even though they came off two losses, they were they're missing Debo. Uh one of the games they were missing that bad man number twenty three. <laughs> He's an MVP candidate right now. He's an MVP candidate. Um, so, And obviously you have the Eagles as well and the Chiefs. I think those Baltimore, the Chiefs, the Niners, and the Eagles, I think, you know, when you talk about the best teams in the NFL, I think the, those are the teams you should be mentioning. Well, it tends to be a week-to-week league in the NFL, and I'm sure that we will be talking on Monday about some other team being part of that conversation or some other team not no longer being part of that conversation. This is a way that we overreact to these things. And the Dolphins, too. I forgot. We can't leave out the Dolphins. We can't leave out the Dolphins. Because people are are knocking the Dolphins off that list because of what happened last week against Philadelphia for the Dolphins. But that's what I mean about week-to-week league. It didn't matter to a lot of people that the Dolphins were banged up that the officials were wearing Kelly Green. Like, there could be a lot of explanations Um, for that loss there in Philadelphia. Nevertheless, when you're coming off of the loss, (laughs) people are going to overreact. So we will have a lot of overreaction, I'm sure, by the time we get to Monday. But between now and Monday, we've got a lot of NFL action in Week 8. Coming up next, we're going to break down some of those matchups. Rolling along here on Amber and Ian. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Norris Cole filling in for Ian tonight. You can find him at Norris Cole on the gram. And I noticed, Norris, because this is the first time you and I are working together. By the way, America, you can find me as well, at Amber W Sports. But I noticed when I tried to check you out on the gram that you're one of those who's too cool for school. You don't follow anybody. (laughs) 
Like, what do I have to do in life to get a follow from Norris Cole? Because I think that is now my life goal. You have like 400,000 followers and you don't follow a single person. Like, not one. You don't have one person you care to see in this. No, sister, brother, mother, father, whatever. Not one. You can't throw somebody a bone. I mean, I keep I keep my Instagram clean. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't use that it. That burner account must be wild, though. <laughs> <laughs> There's no burner account. <laughs> well, you know, my family. I know them in like real life. I have their phone numbers. I could talk to them on Facetime and things like that. And like my my friends, especially like those who are my real friends, I can talk to them on on the phone in real life. They can come see me in real life. So. You know, I, I just keep it clean. I don't want, you know, certain things popping up in my feeds that I don't really want to see. What I watch, what I watch really goes into my mind. So I try to keep that as clear as possible. And I don't, I don't like live on Instagram. It's not like most people who are like all day looking on their phone. Like I check it out for a little bit, you know, for certain, like I, don't, I jump on there for specific reasons. And once I do that reason, I'm back in real life again. <laughs> Does anything show up on your feed if you don't follow anybody, though? Because isn't your feed who you follow, essentially? So, so I mean, what are you even looking at? So your feed will show things that the algorithm think that you like based off of things that you like. So uh. motivational spe- uh, speeches or poems show up. Sports highlights, you know, show up. Um, health food things. Because no, those are the things that I look at, you know, health foods, um, positive messages and sports. That's the only thing that I look at, you know, impossible like partnerships and things like that. No, that's the only thing I use Instagram for. All right. Well, if you want to increase his follower count, he won't follow you back, but you can follow him at Norris Cole. <laughs> that is how you find him. Let's play some Got One. Amber Indian Got One. We got one. Hello, James Steele. Hello, you're getting better at like introducing me again, so I appreciate that. Well, maybe, maybe I've talked second you night back on the air. You know, I, given we were off for something like three weeks before that, we take a hiatus again tomorrow night for the World Series. But I, I'm in the rhythm. All right, cool. Uh, my Instagram feed mostly professional wrestling, uh, professional wrestlers. That's what I get. All right, Chiefs. so why you and Chiefs that. too? Yeah, lots Penguins. of Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift stuff now. I don't know why. All right. So uh, this is got one. I'm going to give you the one of the week eight matchups, and you're going to tell me who you got here. So Amber, Patriots at the Dolphins. The Dolphins are nine and a half point favorites. Got one. Who you got? I think we all know who I got here, right? Oh, uh, <laughs> but let's make let's make this conversation somewhat interesting. Uh, Tyreek Hill says he's playing in this one. He's been questionable. I think that that is going to obviously matter a whole lot. Traditionally. The way that Bill handles this Dolphins team from a defensive schematic perspective is impressive, right? What thing Bill Belichick can still do is draw up a defensive game plan, and he can do that very, very well. So I expect him to still be able to be somewhat disruptive to this Dolphins team. In other words, this ain't going to be a blowout, okay? It's division rival, but I do think the Dolphins very much need this win. It's a bit of a statement game, even though the Patriots aren't good. Nobody feels like they're good. It's still one of your biggest rivals, and you've still got to make that statement. So I do expect the Dolphins to win. Nine and a half is a big, big line. We're doing this straight up, though, so I don't have to worry about that. I'll take, obviously, my Dolphins in this game. What about you, I'm going with Dolphins as well. I'll take the Dolphins because it's 
it's in Miami. The weather is going to be nice. The weather is always nice when you're coming off of injuries for Tyreek Hill, who's a speed demon. And the same thing for Jason Waddle, who was having some back issues last game. So being back home in the heat, I, I don't think it'll be a problem. I, I think by second or third quarter, they'll be then put their mark on the game. And by the fourth quarter, I think it should be at hand. And if we do get Xavier Howard, and if we oh. do get to see Ramsey, like if we, if we get those pieces back and that still remains to be seen, then it could be a very good day for Miami. All right. Oh, it's going to be a good day no matter what. Yeah, we get it. We go. get it. You I guys know I like Norris. <laughs> Not just because you helped win my Heat some championships. Go ahead, James. All right. Jaguars at the Steelers. Uh, Jacksonville is a two and a half point favorite on the road in Pittsburgh. Norris, who you got? This was a tough one, but I'm going with the Steelers. Wow. I believe that um, the weather, not gonna be in Florida. Um, I believe that Steelers defense always plays with the chip. And I believe that the quarterback, you know, he would do just enough picking to do just enough to keep to keep the game close and that defense is gonna, gonna win the game. Uh, sometimes, you know, they call him the Prince on other networks. Um, Sometimes he has troubles, you know, with interceptions and figuring out, you know, teams in the first half. And I think that Steelers defense will will give him some problems and keep it close and win at the end. The Steelers have been doing the most Mike Tomlin of Mike Tomlin things, right? Where somehow they're somehow they're still winning games, even yes. though the offense has been pretty trash there for Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> There's question marks all over this roster. Amber is no filter. <laughs> no filter. No filter. I mean, we got to keep it real. Like, that's not a Pittsburgh team that should be winning. And yet, it's Mike Tomlin. So he's going to end up with a winning record. He's just that sound of a coach. That being yes. said, Doug Peterson is also a very sound coach on the other side here. And Jacksonville's coming into this one off of a four-game winning streak. They started the season slow. They have righted the ship. Maybe London's team, it helped them going over across the pond to their homeland and they are turning things around here. I'll go Jags in this matchup, James. All right, one more real quick. The most important matchup oh, on the weekend, we obviously, the Chiefs at the Broncos. Chiefs are seven-point favorites on the road. <laughs> Amber, who you got? I got mean, one. Why is this even a conversation? Fine, I got the Chiefs. Go Chiefs. Yeah, we'll keep it quick. Go Chiefs. I mean, where's the analysis here? It's, it's obviously going to be Kansas City. Obviously. Okay, I just wanted to hear you say that. And then it, you're going to come in here on, well, not Monday because we're not on air, or Tuesday because World Series, by the way. Your World Series action comes your way starting tomorrow night, game one of the World Series. Coverage begins here at uh, 6 p.m., right? 7 or 7 p.m. Eastern here. on ESPN Radio there you and go. 7 p.m. coverage. 7 p.m. coverage, 8 p.m. first pitch. That's right here on ESPN Radio. But coming up next here on Amber and Ian with Norris Cole filling in for Ian, we are going to look ahead to plenty more in sports rolling along here on ESPN radio.